Welcome to On Target, your go-to podcast to lead, love, and live as Central Region unapologetically serves all mankind. Here's your host, Kiana W. Davis, Central Regional Director for Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Welcome to another episode of On Target Podcast. I'm your host, Kiana W. Davis, your Central Regional Director of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And today we have a remarkable guest who's all about finding the humor and positivity in life's journey. And I love it. He's a comedian, an author, a radio host who's not only brought laughter to countless audiences, but has also penned a motivational book that resonates deeply with parents. You might have heard him on Get Up Mornings with our dear sorority sister, Erica Campbell. You know him as Griff, but he is comedian Aaron Griffin. And I am so honored to have him on this episode of On Target. Welcome. Who is who is Aaron Griffin? <laughs> it, that's not Aaron. Aaron, isn't that your name? I'm still looking. I don't know who Aaron is. We don't have an Aaron in my whole family. Oh, you were trying to say my first name, Arlen Griffin. Just say Griff. You all trying to, you done name me Aaron. How about I, I call you? Was, look, look. Okay, remember it. Look, this is what happens when parents get creative and spelling names and they put twos and threes in names and you're exactly. supposed to phonetically sound that out. But you know what? You look like a Gen Xer born of people from the 60s, the 50s and 60s. So we, our parents got creative with our names. Let me tell you something. I just probably realized I, my, my first name is Arlen, A-R-L-E-N, but my mother, my family called me Dwayne. My mom spelled Dwayne, D-E-W-A-I-N-E. And I probably just realized about eight years ago, wait a minute, I got a ghetto name. I'm a, I'm a Don Travius. That's what I am, Dwayne. Spelled all the way out like a crazy person. <laughs> okay. That's that class eighty nine. That's that class eighty nine on it. Is that is that where class of eighty nine? So you are yeah, a man. Gen Xer. You you're definitely a Gen Xer, right? Oh, yeah, I know about trapper keepers and you know uh, oh, hammer pants and parachute pants and members only jackets. <laughs> Remember cross colors. I remember what I remember where I was at when the thriller video came on. Really? Can uh, you do the dance? I, oh yeah, I'm kind of sweet. <laughs> oh, this is going to be absolutely fun today. Well, I apologize about uh, your first name, but we're going to keep it simple and call you Griff. And I yeah, can deal call with me that. Griff, that's all. Everybody um, been calling me Griff since I was in the military, since I played sports in school. My dad was Griff. My I was little Griff as a kid, so I always wanted to be a Griff, so it's fine. Well, good. Well, I am so glad you took this time to come and be with uh, me on this On Target podcast and the almost 10,000 members of the region, our central region, in which uh, I happen to be the regional director of. Hey, Soros! Oh, God. <laughs> you guys, the outtakes to this out there are just hilarious. One day we might release the outtakes. One day, one day. One day, one day. They, one day. They that like y'all conclave or something. It's called the boule, the boule. The boule. You know I ain't go to school, Miss Kiana. It's fine. 
I wanted to be a comedian since I was three years old. So I already knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, you talked about, um, and I read about you being a military guy, right? Yeah. And so I would have thought like being military, my dad is a, a former Marine. Or Mine guess, too. Yes. Um, you not crazy a little bit? You ain't experienced that bipolarism on the I've, side? I've, I won't put my dad's business all out there. I just want to say, I won't put it all out there. But my dad is um, a former Marine, uh, retired um, I have uncles who served in both the Army and the Navy. And uh, outside of my dad, they're pretty serious guys. So to go from military uh, to comedy uh, and a radio host, how how did that how did that transaction or that transition happen? Well, the, the troop number one uh, is no such thing as a former Marine. Don't let nobody hear you say that. They are Marine. I know you don't heard Semper Fi, Dallas and Semper Fi as much as anybody else can. My father was a, a Marine a instructor. Um, he, he, uh, I say now I'm just like you. I don't like to throw my dad under the bus no more. I just say he had a bad eighties and nineties. How about that? <laughs> but but I actually joined the army, Kiana. I joined the army despite him, so I could come home. When I came home, I was like, "Hey, Dad, I joined the military," and he was like, "Hoorah, simplifying the Marine man!" And I was like, "Army." And as soon as I told him Army, he said, "You Army stand for ain't ready for the Marines yet." I was like, "Come on, man, that was so good." Yeah, my, son, my oldest son, combat medic in the army. Uh, my youngest son was a, a supply sergeant. I got another son that's in the Air Force. My brother, Marine, my other brother, Army. Both my ex-wives, retired Army. You know, I stay around. I see. I, I see. Well, I first of all, during thank, you, storm. thank you for your service, your family. Thank them uh, for their service to our country. So, I mean... I would never if I if I were in the same room as you and witness your energy, I would never have guessed that was your background. Like, well, how, you know, how do you go from military to comedy? So if you look at the, the, the drama mass, right, it's a happy one and a sad one. But the truth is our, our tragedy is everybody else's comedy. So mm -hmm. as a child. I saw so much rage and anger and dysfunction and violence that I just believed from learning from school from a magnet. They said a magnet got polar opposites. So I just believed it was a place where it was happiness and love. And when you came in, they was going to hug you and be sad when you leave. And it was going to be so happy. So that was my happy place my whole life. And even being in a hood and growing up, you know, uh, the way we grew up, I just focused on that, man. I never, I wanted, my mother worked at convalescent homes um, and she would put the, the seniors in half a circle and she would say, go be funny with them. And here I am three and four. I was on like a geriatric tour for the first three, four years of my life, <laughs> going to all these different old folk homes. And I was, I thought I was so funny. And and I would, and then they would say, Miss, Miss Rodriguez, wake up. Mr. Mr. Johnson, you got, oh, you wet your pants? I wet my pants too. Like, but my mama here, she can take care of both of us. Like, I just thought I was so sweet. So as a, as a child, that was, I just wanted to make people laugh. I just wanted, I saw so much of the opposite that I focused on that. And, you know, to be 51 and, living and walking in my dream and, yeah. and it, it 
I've been doing comedy today for 28 years, four months and five days. And I just thank God for, for being, for being him. Cause he could have let me be a whole bunch of other stuff. And, and, and it just, and the Bible say in your latter years. So, you know, everybody wanted when they 27 and when they 32, you like, you know, the Bible say he going to give it back to you, you later when you ready, when you know, when you mature. And, and I just thank God that I would make it to this age and to an age where my father actually came. I just opened a comedy club three weeks ago. My dad came to the first one and I want to read something to you. And I told you that he said that, you know, we had, he had a bad eighties and nineties. That's all mm -hmm. I'm going to say. And, and he came to my show and I made him laugh so hard that on Saturday, he came Thursday on Saturday, he wrote me this text. He said, I now truly understand why I've felt hated by you by all these years. Being scared by the person who is supposed to protect you and keep you happy is the most horrible feeling and can lead to despair and a hole in the heart. Thanks be to God, I now understand and experience the same atmosphere, and I also hated it. It's only this year that I let it go, and hopefully not too late. I was a child at 17 years old, still playing hide-and-go-seek. I had no nurturing, guidance, or direction. Got into trouble, convicted of felony manslaughter in the eighth grade. Trouble followed me because love didn't carry me. Angry, angry, stayed angry, but until I met Myrtle and, and, and Myrtle could not understand the anger, but she understood the pain. I went to Morehouse to study for a master's degree in pastoral care and counseling, counseling, certainly to help others, but more importantly, understand my own pain and suffering. My road has been rocks and switchbacks, but now it's paved with soothing understanding. I love you and I apologize for making your youth so traumatic and ugly. Wow. Keep being funny and I'll see you soon. Love you, Dad. And it's it's hard to fight. <sighs> it's, mm. Mm. You know, I I just always wanted to hear my dad apologize to me. Wow. One, I got an apology. Now I forgave him. Uh we we cool, like we been. Yeah. I'm, he was only at the club because I'm cool. Like I forgave him so many, so many years ago, and now we on the phone like uh, two same sex couples. I'd be like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, I love you more. So, uh, but just for him to hear my comedy and take 48 hours and be—that's the longest text he's ever texted me. It's the, uh, you know, so I just thank God for this season, for this season of healing. I used to say I had the worst dad in the world so I could be the best dad. But when I started getting older, I was like, I want a relationship with my dad. I yeah. want to be grown now. I want to be. So it's just all about breaking generational curses. You know, my 32-year-old is here right now in Indianapolis, and he lives in Arizona, and I hadn't seen him for a couple of years, and I just reached out to him about two or three weeks ago, and I said, hey, man, I know you're busy and you got stuff going on, but I just got to put eyes on you. I just want to see you. Let me fly you to Indy. I'm going to be there. I'm doing something with the State Fair, and I just love my kids. I love being a father. Um, you know, the comedy and being an entertainer and everything is a bonus, but I'm a father. 
You yeah. know, it's important to me that my kids love me and respect me. And, and you know, I, I, I didn't miss important things to them. And, yeah. and, and I watched entertainers as I was a child say they had a strange relationships with their kids. But then when I grew up, I understood that they picked the business over their family. And I just never wanted to, I, I prayed that God would also, um, that he would also let me be great at what he wanted me to be, but that I could also be an amazing parent. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned something about ladder, right? And it's funny, I was, I had a breakfast this morning with a sorority sister. And, um, oh, I had, I had the full gamut, bacon, eggs, hash browns. Toast. You got your neck moving. It was real. Yeah, good. I, was, I don't get to eat breakfast often. So <laughs> it was a pleasure that she invited me out and just, um, you know, she wanted some uh, mentor tips. And one of the things we talked about, because we're, we're all um, hitting, we're all about to hit 50. And right. uh, that's a, that's really a pivotal time for us in our lives where you, you kind of look at what you've done and Absolutely. what's before you. And I think sometimes we think, oh, we're going to hit retirement and just go sit in a corner somewhere. And I've told her, I read, I was reading an article and it talked about how many people don't experience the greatest part of their lives until after 60. Wow. And I thought through that to say, wow, we cannot hang up our capes. We cannot go and sit in a corner and say, we're going to sit on the porch and just drink iced tea all day. That the best part of our lives right, is just right before us because we're more mature. We have a network. We have more resources available to us. And so the sky's the limit. So I love what you said, the latter. And you know me, I'm a first lady. So the word always. Oh, first lady, don't but first lady. <laughs> nobody, nobody be pulling this book out on you. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. So we won't, like I said, I, we all have, I think, I think the eighties and nineties were hard on black men. I, I'm, I'm young. I, and, and when I look back at it, I, I say it must have been, he didn't, my dad didn't have a father. And then I start having empathy for him. Like, wow, you ain't have a dad. That really changes you. Yeah. If you ain't have a dad, then you become a dad. Who taught you how to be a dad? Who like, you know, so I having empathy on him, and I just love him so much. And I wouldn't be here without him. So then I, I had to start keeping it real with myself. And the one of the commandments say, honor your parents. It don't say honor your good parents. Honor your parents that buy you stuff. Honor your parents. Your parents. It just say honor your parents. So you, you just said a whole world. I I I literally, if most people will grab that scripture, even in the midst of their um the courageous conversation they have to have with parents who probably were not there for them, they'll have so much peace. I always tell my dad, I said, I honor you. Straight up. I honor you. I, it doesn't mean I have to like everything. It doesn't even mean I have to love everything, but I honor you. You I honor you. Be my dad. I you wish somebody always... would explain that to me as a kid. Like, you know, honor him. Honor yeah. him for trying. Like, yeah. he's doing the best he can. Like, honor my, and my mom used to say, uh, honor my efforts. Yeah. You know, honor my efforts. So I, Wow, this conversation turned somewhere else, huh? I know, it did. Okay, okay, it did. Because, you know, um, our good friend has scripted this out, but this is powerful. And I think for a lot of uh, women, you know, who didn't grow up with maybe the father figure they wanted, just yeah. knowing that you can have peace, 
even with a little bit of relationship you had, because if you honor, right, you've done your job yeah. according to the good word. So yes. Okay. So comedy, but now I see this idea of you taking comedy and this idea of you bring laughter, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst yeah. of uncertainty, but you wrote a book called cats and puppies, right? Uh, and which is a motivational guide for moms raising boys. And many of us have had to raise boys, uh, whether with a spouse or on our own. And could you tell us more about uh, what was the inspiration behind this book and how uh, your experiences with your father really influenced some of the content that's in your book? My number one, my mother had me when she was, she got pregnant when she was 15. She had me when she was 16. And my mother is quite possibly the funniest human being I know. I know all comedians and she is I, probably my first two and a half years of doing comedy. I just repeated things my mama said, like for real. <laughs> like, and and it, it started out as a love story for my mom. And I and and, you know, they wrote a book called men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but we're not different planets, we're different species, you know? And it's very easy, you know, it'd be like if a giraffe wanted to go out with a chihuahua, y'all, it could work, but you're gonna be like, why are you always in the trees eating apples? Why are you always down there by bushes? Like, it's just, so once you learn, my mother taught me how to speak female. And what that really means, and men, women, you'll understand that men that you know who was learned how to speak female by their mom, is she really just taught me how to listen. She mm. taught me how to understand that a woman is going to tell you what she means the first time. And if you don't listen to that first time, then the second time she says she's going to not mean what she meant because now she's mad. So it's the little thing. But I also realized that uh, because we're different species, that a lot of men who I, I, I made an analogy as dogs or puppies were raised by cats, right? Yeah. And cats, and, and I, I talked to some veterinarians and cats and cats and dogs have kittens and puppies at the same time and something happened to that dog, then that cat can raise the puppies as its own. But then I start laughing like when the dogs start getting older, the cat can only tell you things it saw dogs do. Like if you throw something, you're supposed to go get it. But if you yeah. ever threw something at a cat, a cat would be so offended. Like they out here throwing stuff, what's going on right now? Yeah. So I use that analogy because it's a certain age that a boy gets when he realizes his mother is a girl. So right mm. around 10 to 12, we start going, wait a minute, you a you're not this scary person who I've been scared of. You a girl. Look at how your hair is. Look how you be talking. So it's a very fine line <laughs> to understanding your son. So once he passes that 12, you don't want to keep yelling at him, yelling at him because that's so emotional. And if you could take the emotion out and just know he's a different species. Yeah. He doesn't understand the same way. One day I was yelling at my daughter. She was 13 and I rem I never forget how she was looking at me like he's a gorilla. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what he's saying. Look at his face. And like, I really was like, you didn't understand nothing. Right. So when you learn that, okay, 
My sons are sons, my daughters are daughters. I have to change my tone when I talk to my daughters. I have to look them in my eye, in their eyes. Mm -hmm. I can't look away. And I'm teaching them as I I took my 16 year old to New York. She'd never been. She's a junior in high school now. And we went to go see Aladdin on Broadway and we went to go see Wicked. And then we went to a Mets game. We rode the subway. And I created a memory with her that she'll never forget. Yeah. If any man ever takes her to New York, she's going to be like, we're not going to no Broadway shows. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to watch the Yankees. Like, so uh, it, the, the book is beautiful. It's for my mom. And, and I really thought it for women, but then men would call me and go, Dog, I was raised by my mom too, and it was the yeah. same way. So if you get a chance, you can go go to two trillion.com, the number two, the word trillion.com, and get cats and puppies. It's gonna bless you. All right. So um to my uh sorority sisters out there, friends and family who listens to this podcast, make sure you go out there to two trillion and uh, get the book because I plan on getting the book. I saw a snippet of it. So I am um, definitely going to get the book. My sister uh, raised a son on her own and turned out wonderful. But to your point, he got to an age where he realized, you know, mama and auntie, I know we, we just, you know, we're like this at first we could scare him, but now, you know, we can't scare him anymore. So (laughs) I get you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading the book. So can I say something about AKAs real quick? One of my closest friends is Rashawn Ali from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we were on the radio together on Hot 107.9, and she went to FAMU, and she played yeah. there. I, I want to say, and I'm guessing, Rashawn, maybe spring of 93, spring of 94, or something like that. I know I got to see her jacket. Y'all got the best <laughs> jackets in the world. <laughs> but but everything I learned about AKA culture was from Rashawn Ali, and Rashawn what I saw with Rashawn is y'all's community outreach, y'all's help with younger women, y'all's togetherness, and it's no uh, spite or anything else to any other sorority. I didn't go to college, so I can't claim nothing, but the AKAs mean a lot to me. I know everything about y'all. Y'all are awesome. Well, thank you. We we think we're all of the D9 is awesome, but we think that... That's what y'all um, say, but actually, y'all don't really be <laughs> And it'd be so beautiful. Oh, it's not red. It's a a, a resonated pink or something. That's it is. Else. It's um. It is. It's um. Intensified. Uh, right. That's it is. It's it's intensified. Um. So no, we do. We do love all of our D nine brothers and sisters. But we we do. We we are very serious and focused about being members of Alpha Kappa Alpha. We're yes. serious about service. And I know sometimes uh, people think otherwise. We we believe in our brand. We believe in our service. We believe yes, in ma'am. our sisterhood. So I appreciate that. And she's a wonderful sower. Absolutely wonderful sower. She's awesome. If yes. you ever need me to host something, let me know. I love, come on. Yeah, well, you know what? My my other colleague. Don't do that, Kiana. I, well, you know what? Now that I know your real government name, um, definitely I feel oh, like we're cousins. Aaron. Well, <laughs> you can you can blame. I won't. I won't. AKs don't blame anyone. We take well, this. We don't blame nobody but Karen Vaughn from TLC. 
must have mistyped my name. She ain't never called me that, so she was probably like, ha ha, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Um, um, to my sorority sister, Karen Vaughn, you know, mistakes happen. We get it. Uh-huh. We love you. We love, we love you. Uh, definitely representing radio and radio one. So we love you. I love you. Awesome. So we're going to go one more question um, because I'm, I'm getting uh, my timekeeper here, but um, can you give us a one sentence pep talk? We're talking about humor and laughter and what it does for us. Even uh, last week or last month, one of our episodes was on mental health, uh, yeah. but the idea of humor in the mornings. Give us one sentence pep talk for the members out there filled with humor for uh, a morning that they're going to be listening to this podcast. Can I get a couple sentences? Or just, or yes, can you can get a couple on sentences. And act like I can go to have an English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a paragraph. I will. I take a paragraph. That's awesome. Okay, I, I will say this to the people that's watching. You know, the the Bible says in Proverbs seventeen twenty two that laughter is good for your soul, like a medicine. And here's the hammer: it's nowhere else in the whole Bible that it says anything is good for your soul except Jesus and God, and then laughter. So the part of the part of God that is joy, the part of Jesus that's happy, that's, that's he, I, I feel like he put a mandate on my life to pick me to spread that while I'm alive. But then here's what nobody want to talk about. Proverbs 17, 23 say, if you don't laugh, your bones will dry up and you'll die. So unless you ain't got lotion for your bones, you might want to laugh all day. How about that? Tana Soror. I love it. Oh my God. This, I could go on and on all day with this conversation, but that's what you do. Um, and not only is it talent, but it's truly a gift, uh, definitely, uh, to come and make people feel good, to forget about what's kind of the chaos going around them and have a moment of laughter. And so I truly appreciate it. I'm sure my sorority sisters will appreciate this as they're listening in their cars or watching this um, on social media. And I want you to know that uh, uh, we will, we, we will, I'm, Central Region will make this commitment that we will invite you um, back and not only back for a podcast, but we will invite you to one of our conferences where you can see the thousands of in the Midwest um, just love on you. Deal? I, that, I, I received that. I'm going to let Aaron know that we're going to be working in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I cover, I cover, you might be in St. Louis though, Chicago or St. Louis. I love the SDL and I okay. can always go to Illinois. Let me know. Okay. Well, good, good, good. Well, we are so grateful for you and uh, to our members uh, and our friends and the families listening to this podcast. Just know laughter is absolutely good for your soul. As we talked about mental health in episodes uh, before, just know that you need a chance to have joy in your life. So why don't you check out, I think it's 2 trillion. Um, check him out on social media. Also, please uh, take a listen to our good sorority sister, uh, 
Erica Campbell and uh, and her radio, uh, Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell. And you can find yourself bumping into and hearing Griff <laughs> or Aaron. I'm going to start calling him Aaron uh, Griff. So thank you and have a wonderful, wonderful day.